Hello everyone out there in podcast land. I want to welcome you to the Second Train Podcast Network. And you ask the reason why it's called the Second Train? That's because the first train is the excitement train. Everybody catches that train. Everybody can get on. There's usually a minimal amount of seating. The doors are jam-packed. The train is always on time. It seems to be taking you where you want. But that second train, that's the commitment train. On this train, you're not going to find a lot of seating. As a matter of fact, most of the seats that will be taken will soon be given up. As many individuals find themselves struggling against themselves excitement the first train is only gonna it's only gonna keep you for a season in order for you to actually be successful you're gonna have to get on that second train and that's what I plan to show you with this actual podcast network coming up week to week I'll be doing updates on my life and on my actual channel called Life After Divorce. Uh, My divorce went final April 4th, 2019, so I'm about a year out. So I'm just going to go in order of everything that has transpired since my divorce and where I currently am and how to actually pick yourself up off the ground get back on the horse enjoy feel free to rate my podcast on the apple podcast network feel free to give me a thumbs up feel free to leave a review i'm always interested in what you have to say um i can be found on instagram at broken to hill is b-r-o-k-e-n the number two hill h-e-a-l and I can be found on Twitter at Broken to Peace. Feel free to hit me up, ask me questions. Anytime you want to talk or discuss anything, I'm definitely open and I definitely look forward to the feedback. With that being said, let's get started. <laughs> So let's start at the beginning. Um, I believe it was my friend's wedding. And it was, I want to say it was August or July 2018. My wife and I, ex-wife now, had gotten into a heated argument. But this one was different. Cause it was like one of them arguments like I don't know how to explain it you know how usually the arguments are heated this was one of those like silent like halfway through alright I'm done I'm done and it was one of those silent joints and what made it bad was um, I think it happened on like a Friday we weren't scheduled to leave the, the actual hotel of the wedding until Saturday so we had a whole night quiet and ride back in silence I think it was an hour, hour and a half two hours and 
that's kind of that's really that's not where it began began but that's when we knew like okay we about to do this paperwork because you know we out unfortunately from that point on we kept uh growing apart and as we kept growing apart um you know kind of like in denial you know like ah whatever we're trying to make this thing work and um I don't know. I started to notice something as we were growing apart. We were actually, we were actually at peace. We weren't at peace with the decision, but we were at peace with distancing ourselves. And we kept going. And then uh, that that one argument really continued for I would say about a month or two. Um, just different forms and versions. And then so finally, we just got to the point like, all right. We doing this. We separating. We filing. Let's go. And we filed. And we got the paperwork back saying that it was going to take a significant amount of time. And that we could not live together for, I think it was like nine months to a year or something like that. I'm like, God, dang, that's a long time. And to be honest, that was the um, that was the only part of divorce that really scared me. Or it was, you know, uncharted territory. It's like you married, but you separated. Like that, that whole area. I just didn't like that area. It was just it's because it's very strange. Because you're by yourself, but you're still connected to somebody, legally. So it was it's just a weird space. Um, it's okay when you're going in, like when you're engaged. Um, engaged, engage, being engaged is different because you're technically still not married, so it's different. Like you gotta work out when you're married and you get the, you gotta work out taxes. You know, you gotta work out finances. It's just so much you have to work out, and it's just this area. And now that I think about it, it's really an area to get yourself together. But I mean, it's not long enough because. It hasn't really started until you sign the paperwork. So you're trying to prepare, but it's like you're trying to prepare for change, but the change will be so drastic that once it actually gets here, you're still going to have to hit the reset button or readjust. At least I did. Um, Most of the people that I've spoken to, that's what they've had to do. So um, during this time, you know, we separated and I I, I really didn't know and I kind of was in denial because you know i was like okay she ain't nobody getting no divorce she i mean i said it i believed it but i really didn't think you know we was gonna go forth with it and then um i sat down with a good friend and we sat down and this was like october so we're clearly separated we gone our separate ways and he said uh he said man so so what's going on he said what's going on with the separation and divorce and i'm like well, I'm waiting on the Lord to speak. He looked at me like, the Lord is waiting on you. This is your call. And I said, okay. And he had to sit me down and we had to really think. And he, he asked me questions like, what was your marriage birthed out of? Can you think back on the good times? Do you want to save those good times? Um, do you want to start over? Do you need a fresh start? Not necessarily with her, but just in general. Who are you? 
When's the last time you taken some time for you? When's the last time you got to know you? And a lot of these questions I just could not answer and I kind of just sat back. And I think before we concluded that conversation, I said, all right, I'm going for it. We, uh, we're going to end it. And I think that day really, I was able to release a big um, weight off my shoulders. So once I was able to come to that conclusion, I thought about it like, okay, what are some things, even though this marriage is ending, what are some things, some goals that I wanted to get done? Some things from this marriage that I don't want to carry into my next marriage. Some things from this marriage that I would like to leave here or get completed. One of them was healing. Um, oh, no, really deliverance that actually jump-started the healing. And so I've been reading this book called The Secrets to Deliverance, um, which I'll be doing a review on my reviews page. It's written by Apostle Alexander Pagani. And I can't remember how I heard about him. I think one day I was following this YouTube channel and they showed one of his videos and he was conducting a, a deliverance. And so I was like, oh, man, this is dope. So it was crazy. I knew he was in the Bronx, New York area. I have a couple of friends that I used to fellowship with in the Bronx, New York area. So I hit them up. My one friend was like, I actually go to his church. I was like, get out of here. You don't go to his church. I said, well, let me know when y'all having another mass deliverance. Because I was was reading his book and Derek Prince, uh, How to Expel Demons. And so I had gotten to the end of the book. And I had done everything they said to do, but I could just tell something wasn't right. I said, something ain't right. So um, I hit my friend. This was, man, I think it was Thanksgiving. I hit my friend that Monday and said, man, when y'all doing another mass deliverance? She said, we just did one yesterday. I wish you would have hit me. I said, well, I didn't, I, I didn't know. So I hit you as soon as it actually came to my mind. I lied to you not on Thanksgiving day. She said, we having one this Sunday. Are you coming? I was scheduled to work. I called out and everything. And I drove about, I think it was about four hours to the Bronx, New York. A couple of people told me not to. They said, no, don't go to that area. You never been. And I, I've been to New York before, but that's true. I never been to the Bronx. I always skip the Bronx. Um, I've been to Harlem. I've been to... Queens. I spend the majority of my time in, of, of New, uh, while I'm in New York and Brooklyn. So I've become very uh, well acquainted with Bo- Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. You know, Harlem is my, I wish it was my birthplace. It's not, but I love Harlem. Um, Harlem is different uh, after hearing about it and actually going there. It's just a little different. So anyway, I make my trip down to the Bronx. A lot of people telling me don't go. I go to see this gentleman, Alexander Pagani. He is having a mass deliverance. Long story short, which I'm not going to get too, get into too much during this podcast. He, uh, not actually him personally, but one of the ministers in at his church. Or I, it was actually a guest minister, guest pastor, and his wife, who's a prophetess from Trinidad and Tobago. They actually um, delivered me. It was a tag team effort. Um, they were able to expel some demons out of me, a bunch of demons. And, you know, when that happens, I had, when that happened on that level, um, I had kind of hit like a natural high. 
Like I remember riding home. <laughs> I got lost. Um, I got turned around several times. I called out of work the next day. I just, I was just, I was just on a natural high. Like I, I had seen videos of people getting delivered. I watched a bunch of Derek Prince videos. I watched a bunch of Alexander Pagani videos. Um, Matthew Stevenson, all those guys. So I had never really uh, seen it in person, though. Um, and it's funny because I was thinking about that. Like, had I ever really seen a deliverance in person? I think I, I think I did um, a couple years ago. Um, this this lady was going through something at the church, and she threw up and all that stuff. So, but see, back then I didn't understand deliverance. I didn't understand what had to take place and all that good stuff. So anyway, so that was the major. That was one of the major goals that I had coming out of the marriage get delivered and then once I was able to get delivered then that's really when the healing started that's really when you know those calluses on my heart were removed and I could I could open up to what the Lord was saying and that's really when you look at my divorce I don't know about other people's when I look at it um the enemy had been attacking my marriage before I even got here, before I was even born. And I had, unfortunately, I had never dealt with this stuff that I went through during my conception. So, and I didn't know. I didn't even know that stuff was a hindrance. I thought that was just everyday life. And unfortunately, in the black community, a lot of the things that we go through, we just think it's normal. Because we look around and everybody else is going through them, not realizing that we were not designed necessarily to go through these things so if we go through these things this could change the trajectory of our lives so at some point we're going to have to stop and go back and get some counseling get some healing get some deliverance so um yeah i uh i was like man and that really started the the healing and it got strange because then i found myself just jumping into books like i read the five love languages and things like that and it's funny reading that going into a divorce I, I was like, oh, when my ex-wife was saying this and when she was saying that, this is what she meant. Like, okay, I, I dropped the ball there. It really helped me to become uh, a better listener. And it really slowed me down. Going from, you know, the know-it-all to actually listening and understanding to what, what they're trying to say. Um, that book, I'll also do that a review of that book on my my reviews podcast oh, it's a really good book i read it in like maybe a day and that's how good it was and it's 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 a bunch of pages and the scary part about life is somebody had recommended that book to me about five years prior and i just brushed it off like i don't need that arrogance um that's why it's so funny when people are like oh you so humble. i was like man you don't you don't understand how much arrogance i had to to get to this level of humility like just just to chill and be wrong and be okay with being wrong and to learn to be taught so man once i started down that healing path this was uh starting a new year january february i could kind of see like oh this is this is who i'm supposed to be this is how my heart is supposed to react i remember a lot of times in my marriage just being cold things would happen and I just didn't have the feelings, um, the, the normal emotions that you're supposed to have. 
and I remember, I mean, several times, you know, my ex-wife would say, you know, you're built like a robot. And me being ignorant, I thought that's how you were supposed to move and operate. I didn't know you were supposed to have feelings or you supposed to um, react to certain things a certain way. You know, I always looked at crying as like a weakness. Uh, I always looked at just emotions, period, were weak. The only emotion I really ever embraced was anger because to be honest that really is what my life had been rooted in up to you know we're talking to 2018-2017 so that was the only emotion I could really connect with um, unless I got so mad that well I never got mad where I started crying that would be weird um, but yeah, um, so I went back and talked to my friend who accompanied me at the delivery deliverance service. And I said, Hey, you know, what, what all happened? And they said, um, when you, when you hit the ground at the deliverance, um, the, during the mass deliverance service, and the demon came out. The Lord was saying lovelessness. It was a demon of lovelessness. And, I, and I'm looking at like, how did how did I even get married with that type of demon? How, how am I even out here trying to operate? And I got something like that on the inside operating inside of me. I said, that don't even make sense. It was, it, I was really like stuck. That's what, that's what kind of showed me when, you know, the Lord said, okay, you know, I'm taking my son. He's going to stay up here next to me in heaven. Y'all maintain until I get back. That really let me know, oh, as men, we do have authority over this earth. And we have to be very careful because we do have authority. Sometimes we can inhabit demons of spirits inside of us and clearly operating in the wrong direction or operating out of error. So I was I was confused by that for like a week. I, I remember just sitting there just like and then I, then the apology started because at that point, my heart could actually like heal and the Lord could say, OK, this is where you messed up. This is where you messed up. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to we're going to have to go back to the beginning. But before we can go back to to the beginning, I have given you a daughter and which now you have declined to spend the rest of your life with so there's a certain level of hurt there's a certain level of pain that you cause so we're going to clean this up and i remember several times texting my ex-wife um the lord would show me something I'm like remember this this discussion you didn't listen you didn't hear her and i would have to go back and apologize and it would be at crazy times i mean it could be at 2 45 p.m in the day and I, I could just be like oh yeah that one time she asked me to go get some groceries or something and i didn't go i went somewhere else and blew off the groceries and or maybe got them later on that night and she was trying to prepare food or something like that um it was everything little stuff to big stuff um and then, you know, 
think that's when I started really realizing that I said man this is my fault I asked her for her hand in marriage she married me I was not equipped I was not ready and I led her astray you know I have destroyed my first ministry and I just I remember just asking the Lord I remember sending her prayers just telling her like you know don't you know whatever I need to do to help you heal which is you know kind of selfish when you think about the way that's worded but whenever you whatever you need for me to help to do to help you heal I'll do it I'll um you know whatever whatever you need me to do which is very ignorant because it just doesn't make any sense but um a lot of apologies um and she understood they were coming from the heart she never said oh you know you're just doing this to get back in my good graces anything she she understood um and then she did some apologizing too um you know because at that point you really look at the the arguments and you say man that yeah that wasn't worth it like we was arguing over you know whether we was gonna have pineapple and sausage pizza or we was gonna have pepperoni and sausage pizza like when you come you know when it gets to the end of the day and you look back and now you have to fill out paperwork and you know basically go before the world and tell them that you were messed up and put yourself in grave danger because here's an extra season that you did not plan on having in your life yeah right? it's not worth it um we understood we understood that but uh it was it was like i said man it was a good time between us now there were other areas of my life i was really struggling um I talked about this recently with a co-worker and he was telling me he had gone through a divorce and he was telling me how he you know his car his car had gotten repossessed he almost lost his condo and he kind of really just let himself go like personal hygiene and all that stuff and then he asked me he said have you ever gone through that I said yeah I said yeah I look back at some of the pictures post separation post-divorce well really not not so much post-divorce but post-separation I look back at some of them pictures I look bad I remember showing up to a cookout with my friends and this one one young lady was like okay Ernest don't you don't need to get any skinnier okay you you lost some weight and we're happy about that but that's that's let that be it I remember uh, one time my co-worker I pulled out a plate of food. I went to heat it up, and my coworker was like, "Wow, that's the first time I've seen you eat." I just looked at him like, "What you mean? Like that's the first time I've seen you eat?" I said, "No, I eat." They said, "Yeah, you might eat like a bag of chips or Gatorade, but that's the first time I really seen you eat a meal." And that kind of scared me because I had been working there for like four or five months. So that that just let me know I, I really had kind of let stuff. I really had let myself go. Um, There's a lot of dark days. You got on the same clothes for all week. (laughs) You don't feel like changing. A lot of the things, you know, a lot of the men, the things that women do in the marriage that, well, that help you. Um, We take for granted laundry, dishes. And don't get me wrong, I I most definitely helped out with um did my fair share of cleaning 
but you don't really realize it in a marriage you know it's like if you're carrying something and it gets too heavy your wife if she's strong enough she actually could take that from you and say here babe take a break let me carry that if she's not strong enough to do that she can say all right well you get one end, i'll get the other end if she's not strong enough to do that she can say all right let me go get help when they say help me like that's that's real and when you so accustomed to that and you have to go back to living and being on your own it's different emergency contact you know i remember filling that out it was easy when you're married it's easy oh yeah put my wife down go to the doctor yeah anybody else you want to share your uh, medical history yeah my wife when you're not married uh okay my mama lived too far my auntie she she only got three good tires on her car so i don't want her rushing nowhere so you really have to think i think i actually started putting my sister down my my old my eldest sister who's about five years younger than me and because she was the one i saw who was the most stable you know she was young she could make good decisions she was mobile she needed to get like if something happened to me she could get there um and she probably would have just called my ex-wife and my ex-wife would have got there and then probably reported back to the family um so yeah that aspect also they got that line um you know we're insured if anything should happen to you on the job you know we pay out five times your salary amount who who would you like for this to go to and you're like oh it's easy you got the wife easy wife give it all to her you got kids wife and kids um give it all to the wife or to the eldest kid when that person's not there you're just like oh okay well if i give it to, i don't want to give it to grandma because grandma already she said um i guess i could give it to dad i don't i don't know i've had to figure out and you gotta literally sit there and think about who you would give this to so it's just different it re reshapes your life going to church is different going around people and being around others um it's now 2020 people still ask me i think it was uh, was it was it this year i want to say it was this year when somebody had a um housewoman and i showed up and they said oh yeah where's your wife and i said oh yeah we got we got divorced oh no as a matter of fact it happened two weeks ago two weeks ago uh my brother he had uh, a gender reveal and his uh, my sister-in-law who has known me uh like 15 years and her mom who um you know knew that that i was married you know asked about my wife and i was like oh yeah you know that one didn't work out so yeah it's it's um that's definitely a change of pace uh you know work because people know at your work people know at her job then it's weird because one time i did go up to her job for um I don't know, it was something. Um, and you could tell the manager's looking at you different. Everybody's looking at you different. And it's just, you know, it's it's awkward. It's awkward, but, you know, you it's something. It's just it's just a phase. And then obviously, don't go up there. Um, you know, you can move very far away. And I think that was the, that was the fortunate thing for us. We did set up a life 
about an hour hour and a half from um our home base and once we separated she moved out uh it was only like 10 minutes up the road but i waited until the actual divorce was final once it went final i said okay i'm moving back to you know my hometown so i can um it's just because it's just my hometown it just it just makes sense um i can kind of hit the reset button use some uh use some nepotism and get get started you know basically start all over um so that was good and once i did that of course then you don't have to worry about seeing your your ex-wife at walmart because that happened that happened during the separation. I believe that happened after we were fully divorced. Uh, there was one Walmart in the town. And, you know, I happened to see her. Um, I think that was it. I didn't see her a lot of places, but I did see her at the Walmart. I think like three times. It's funny. Um, so, yeah. And then I don't even want to talk about family. Uh, her, my in-laws. I have not spoken to my in-laws. Man, uh, it's been some years. Uh, we've only we our divorce will be final for a year, but I ha- I just haven't spoken to them in some years. And I guess one day we'll run across each other and we'll have that conversation. Um, maybe, maybe not. Just you know, more like, hey, how you doing? And and continue on with life. Um, you know. <clears throat> and I didn't I didn't reach out to them. Um I don't think they tried to reach out to me. I don't know. They might have I don't know. I give them grace in that area. I'm not gonna say that they didn't because you know, when sometimes when you're going through that stuff you kinda just wanna block everything out and need some time to, alone to think and figure things out. So that was a uh that was a very cold and dark season. I believe I handled it well. But um kind of it's it's very hard for you to conquer a season like that you 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 didn't see it coming you didn't prepare for it and then boom one day you're just in it it's almost like you know when the lord threw uh, nebuchadnezzar out in the wilderness it's just like okay you're here now you gotta adjust you gotta adapt and you're just looking around like oh I, i never expected to be here okay this is different and you know still trying to maintain i think the the biggest thing that helped the uh, deliverance and starting to work on my healing and and to be honest the healing the healing started before the deliverance the the deliverance basically just um was able to catapult it to a new level um because of those you know unforeseen Fences and boundaries that were holding me back were now removed. And what I was able to do was heal while during the breakup. So not take anything personally. There were, at that point there was no anger. Um, there was a few moments of sadness. Um, there were some dark times. I don't want to say that I was depressed, but I, there were some dark times. And then also I started working nights. So I would sleep during the day. So it was, when I mean like my life was dark and cold and it was during the winter, 
I really didn't see sunlight like talking about. It. I would get off of work, it'd be dark. I'd go to sleep, wake up, it'd be dark. Um that's just that's just how it was. Um, but I definitely wanted to make sure I made it out of that season without harboring any ill feelings towards anyone. And and I was able to successfully do that. And that was good because that let me know once I got out I was free, but I still had to do self-searching and I still had to go back to the beginning. I had yet to be back to the beginning of where every this all started. Mm-hmm.